memory verse for July, from the book of Matthew. This is called the great what? All right, a lot of church folk here, because you knew it was great commission. If you didn't know that, totally fine. That means Jesus himself was commissioning, telling his disciples, go do something very, very important. This is the very end of Matthew, which if you're writing a biography of, of somebody, which Matthew is writing a biography of Jesus, and you end that biography with a quote, you probably think that's a big deal. And that's exactly what Matthew's doing. He's like, look, this is a quote of Jesus, and it's a really, really, really big deal. Would you read this with me? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Leaning into that, Jesus' last words, our first priority, to do that, to do that which he has commanded disciples through all nations and all ages to do. So that's where I'm going. If you want to look that up in your Bible or take notes or something like that, now you know where we're going. This is the church prayer that folks before I got here had developed with care, and then we've been praying this and praying this, and we have seen evidences that God's answering this prayer. Would you pray with me? Father, unleash the power of the Holy Spirit to bring spiritual breakthrough in my life, in our church family, and in our community. Fill us with humility, unity, and passion. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. May the things of Jesus be held in high honor in all we say and do. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, Promised One. We're going to be talking about him in a lot of different ways today. I've put this kind of idea up on the screen multiple times as I've been preaching. He's the focus. I want to connect with you. I want to help you in your own spiritual growth. But at the end of the day, I can't save you. I can't give you eternal life. I might be able to help you here or there, you know, in your life, just under my own power. But at the end of the day, you need Jesus more than anything else. So I'm trying to connect us to Jesus. And as we keep going in that direction, we want to find ways to think about life in such a way that we can actually live the way that Jesus taught us to live. So this ACES acrostic is a representation, just kind of my way of remembering that which the church had already kind of developed. If you think about how to do something, all right, um, we've got a bass player back here with a lot of strings on it. Did you notice that? Like, you know, a lot of bass players just have four strings. How many strings did you have? Five strings, an extra string, right? And you've got to play it like this, and sometimes they'll, like, pound it and stuff like that. Like, in order to play that, if I were to go back there, I'd look like a fool. You might like that. It'd be funny, but I'd look like a fool. You've got to somehow find a way to remember what the notes are. You've got to practice. You've got to somehow... Somebody could say, hey, look, play music that sounds like this and play a recording, but if you didn't figure out some ways where you could remember what the notes are, remember where to go on the fretboard, and remember how to, how to hold it and how to engage it, you've got to have somebody come alongside of you and help you to do things. And sometimes you, you come up with little devices to remember what the notes are when you're beginning, right? What's, what's this string? What's this string? What's this string? This is all that we're trying to do, to say, if I'm going to try to live a Christian life and people are like, hey, follow Jesus. Well, great. What's that mean? What am I supposed to do? 
Have Jesus as your Savior and your leader and your Lord. Okay, that's great, but what does that look like when I wake up tomorrow and I'm trying to live out life? So that's what this is about, the ACES. Four things, four kind of elements, four strategies for life that we've developed here. And the first one is actively engage. I'm just going to review because occasionally somebody's new and they they need to be caught up so that this all makes sense. So I'm just going to go quickly, but hopefully it'll help one more time. Actively engage. Are you actively engaging this worship service? Yeah? Yeah? Let me ask the band. Were people actively engaged in worship or were they like this? Right? I mean, there's a difference, right? I mean, when you're on stage, it's tough. And they're saying, yeah, they were actively engaged. They were trying to actively engage God, actively engage what's going on. That's a different way of being than just kind of passively, yeah, I'll just be there, but whatever. I'm just going to play on my phone or whatever. Actively engage. When you go and meet somebody. Now, this is something I was just thinking about recently because I had to move into a new neighborhood. Some of you have changed jobs. Some of you have changed neighbors. If you move into a new house, imagine this. What if... Jesus was your brother who had to live with you for a while, and he moved into that house at the same time that you moved into that house. How would Jesus treat the literal neighbors? Now, you're having Jesus stay in the basement, right? Because you weren't counting on it. You know, you didn't know your brother was going to move in. You're like, hey, what's your job? You know, what, well, I used to be a carpenter. Now I just go around and talk to people. What? Yeah, I turned water into wine the other day. Oh, great, move on in, right? You know, you're like, whoa. Jesus is now at your house. There are neighbors to the right, left, across the street behind you. Does he try to talk to them? Isn't that interesting? Those of you that know the Bible and you know the story of Jesus, you realize, wait a second, he would obsess about connecting with and being actively engaged with those neighbors. He would obsess about that. How are they doing? What are their names? What are the kids' names? How can, how can I be a blessing to them? If they need something, how can, I, how can I help them out? Actively engage. You know that to follow Jesus as a disciple means to actively engage the people around you, the worship opportunities, the way to pray, these types of things. You're going you're to actively engage. And for me, sometimes that's hard because I, I get my energy from alone time. And then when I'm around people, then it's great. But then I start to get a little tired sometimes. So sometimes I might be like, well, I don't want to be around people right now, right? And it'd be easier just to, and we're busy people. It's hard to actively engage. But Jesus would care. He would actively engage. He would try to get to know them. He would try to do things together. Um, Alyssa, new employee, said, when I talk about actively engaged, that makes me think of diamonds because when you get, active, when you get engaged, that's, that's an active thing. And that's exactly right. When I was dating Jennifer and I was like trying to figure out, you know, how can I sucker her into marrying me? Because I'm going to be a pastor, you know? And, and like a legitimate pastor doesn't roll up in a Bentley, right? You know, it's like, hey, that Jesus probably wouldn't do that. How am I going to convince, you know, so we had to be actively like talking about it and, you know, and so I didn't want to like, you know, do something stupid when it came to asking her to marry me, right? And I hedged my bets. I kind of asked some questions before I asked her to make sure that I wasn't going to get shot down, right? And so active engagement, you've got that now, right? So now let's go to kind of that next one before we get to the scripture for today. Connect, connect. The ace of hearts, you think about, I'm going to love the person. This is all because God loves us that we can love other people. You can love an unlovable person if you have that love of Jesus. The most irritating person in your life, when Jesus starts getting a hold of your heart, you're gonna wanna connect with that person with love. It's weird. 
you're like, wait a second, I've always tried to avoid that person. Now I'm starting to think, how can I help them or be around them? Or how can I at least tolerate them to the extent that I might be able to talk to them? Jesus' love starts to change you, so you want to connect with them. Short story. My oldest son's name is what? Pretty good, pretty good. All right, pretty good, right? Patrick. He has a friend. I'm going to make up his name because I'm hoping the friend will come to church with us sometime. Let's call him Jim. Friend Jim, another high schooler, um, going to be a senior next year. As we were talking with Jim, I literally was thinking about the ACES because I really do want to live this out. And I thought, wait a second, you know, Jim isn't a big time Jesus follower. He respects it. He, he you know, he, he kind of likes church and stuff, but I don't think he would say, yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I realized it's been a while since I like try to help connect him to God. And so as we were talking, I said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, I'm trying to decide that and I'm praying about it a lot. And so I'm trying to listen, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And sometimes God's clear, sometimes God is quiet. That's all I said. Because I wasn't trying to like beat him up and say, you should love Jesus or you're going to hell. I know what you did last night. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be like that, right? But I did want him to know that we don't just talk about sports and stuff. There's something more important. So I, you all already impacted me before I even started here because I was thinking about this ACES and I thought, connect. I haven't really, I'm actively engaging him, but I haven't tried to connect him to God. See how that works. Jesus, when he would interact with people, he would, he would lead with this love and this concern and this care. And then he would try to help them to know, look, connect with God the Father. Look how I pray. Let me tell you how I pray. Um, let me tell you about this amazing God. Let me open up the scriptures and help you to understand it. He was all, Jesus always had an agenda, didn't he? Of love, of connection, connecting with each other and connecting with God. So if we were to then kind of take one more step to the E, equip. That is the ace of what? Ace of spades. Some of you have a spade to dig up weeds, right? Or to dig up different types of things. That's work. It means that you're doing something. The E stands for equip. There is effort in our Christian life. God has made the way for salvation for us by Jesus living, dying, raising from the dead. He's done it. That's grace. He's extending grace to us saying, I will pay the penalty. I'll pay the penalty. I'll take the punishment. I'll do all that for you, but you, you have to accept it, and then you have to walk with me, follow me. And so it takes equipping for us to be able to do that. Now, in the midst of kind of this whole idea of equipping, we then come back to the scripture. Let's put all this together. A-C-E. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If I pause right there, that's active engagement into connection. You go. You go to the person. Do you just wait for them to come to you? No, you go to them. All nations, not just the ones that you like, not just the ones that you're comfortable with. And you're leading them to become disciples. There are those that would say today, you believe what you believe, I'll believe what I believe, don't tell me what to believe. Now that's fine if all views are truly equal. It's not fine if some views are wrong and false and hurting us and other views are really good and helpful, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. If we did that with food labels, well, all food is equal and who are we to say that this has cashews in it, right? 
I mean, that's a piece of information. We don't need to tell people. Well, my friend Steve, if he ate it, he would die on the spot. He told me one time, don't even worry about the EpiPen. If I accidentally eat a cashew, like just hold my hand. It's what he said, just hold my hand as I pass away, I'm done. Information that's life-saving, we're mandated by God to share if there is anything such things, right? In this case, Jesus is like, look, go make disciples of me. It's going to change people's lives. It's going to be the best way to live. You're going to give them information they truly need. All nations. Baptizing them. That's that conversion stuff, right? That's us saying either, hey, here's my little child that I'm going to have baptized and, and name that child as a child of God and let, grow that child as a child of God until they for themselves in that kind of confirmation time will say, okay, I believe it, I want to follow that. Or as an adult, they're saying, look, maybe that wasn't my background or or maybe I was raised a Christian, but I never really decided for myself. Now I'll decide for myself and I'm going to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, the three-person God, not just a generic God, not just a generic force. God's not just like some generic force. God's personal. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You're baptized and saying, I will follow or I will raise my kid to follow that God. That's a big deal. That's true, deep connection. If he would have stopped there, in some ways, that would have been nice. Because this next statement, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. No! Teaching means learning, means like, that sounds like school. You got to have a teacher and a student. No, I don't want to have to learn anything, right? Isn't it all God's grace? He's done it all. So I just, I say, yes, I'll pray. Jesus, forgive me. Boom, I'm done. All right, let's go live my own life. And Jesus is like, no, I'm trying to teach you a better way to live that's holistic, that has a lot of different things that go along with it. Teaching them to, what's that next word? Say it with me. Feel the energy in the room? Obey, yes. Obedience, yes. I love to be told what to do, right? We're like, no, we're Americans. You know, we didn't even like the English telling us what to do, right? You know, and here's Jesus saying, I get to tell you what to do and what not to do. I get to tell you. So that means that I'm going to have to learn that. How should I live? Jesus is like, there is going to be a way that obeys God, and there's going to be a way that disobeys God. You need to lean into the way of obeying God. Why? Who gets, why do you get to tell me? Question. Answer. An academic kind of related person one time mentioned this to me, and I, I, I thought, I've never thought about Jesus like this. If we were in a room, and Jesus is in the room, Jesus is the smartest person in the room. Now, that's weird, because you think, smart person, like, okay, like Stephen Hawking, right, you know, or any of those other people that they talk about in Big Bang Theory, right, because that's where I get my knowledge about who's smart and who's not, right? (laughs) So, wait a second, what if Jesus is the smartest person in the room, period, and you're reading Financial Times? I like the Wall Street Journal. You may like the Wall Street Journal. That's awesome, but it's secondary. Jesus understands finances better than the rest of us. He's the richest guy in the room as well. Think about that, right? Creator of the world, owns the whole thing, right? Do you ever think about Jesus like that? Relationships, you know? You watch Dr. Phil. He's got some good stuff to say. I looked in a book of his, and he, he gives credit to Jesus. Interesting. But if Dr. Phil's in the room and Jesus is in the room, there is a pecking order, 
right? It's Jesus. Now that's weird, but if this is true, then the Christian viewpoint really makes sense to say, wait, Jesus doesn't talk about every little thing in my life in the Bible. The internet had not yet been invented, right? But he, does, he teaches principles, he teaches ideas, he teaches a whole worldview that if you base your life on that, then you can navigate these other things better. I have a friend who has a, a problem with porn, pornography, who then made me an accountability partner for him. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, what, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, I've got this software that if I look at bad stuff, it's going to shoot you an email about websites that I've looked at that I shouldn't look at. This is a grown man talking to another grown man saying, look, I can't overcome this myself, but I'm praying, and now I'm trying to, trying to get some help. Because I don't think that Jesus would want me to look at other people the way that I've trained my mind to look at them. I want to look at them differently. Now that's effort. That's him equipping himself to try to live a way that Jesus said. And it's countercultural because most of his friends would say, uh, you're missing out, dude. <laughs> like, that's stupid. And he's like, no, 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 I want to live a different way. So I want to equip my own mind and I want to partner with other people. I want to use stuff that other Christians have developed to help me to live this out. So when we talk about reading the Bible, studying the Bible, memorizing, going to some kind of a group or a class, going on a retreat, those types of things, part of why we're doing that is because we believe this is the smartest person in the room and at all times. So then whatever I'm reading, whatever I'm looking at, whatever I'm listening to, I want Jesus to be the primary influencer. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to read whatever, Wall Street Journal, Smithsonian Magazine, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You know, read those things, fine, it's, it's great, but use the filter that Jesus is the smartest, Jesus is the, the wisest, he's the one that gets to tell you exactly how to live. Because if you let your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed tell you what's important and whether you're good enough, you're gonna be really kind of messed up in the head, aren't you? And you're like, yeah, I get it. Every time I see somebody posting a fish, online, it's bigger than the biggest fish that I've ever caught in my entire life. Like I started thinking, I am the worst fisherman in the whole world, you know? And other people's kids are getting all these different awards. Oh my gosh, you know, how about, and Jesus is like, wait, you are enough as you are. You're precious. You're of incredible value. So you want to start by looking at what Jesus says about you, then engage those other things. On the way into church today, I listened to a sermon by Timothy Keller, because sometimes I need to listen to preachers too. I need encouragement too. I need spiritual help too, right? And I wanted to be in the right frame of mind because it's been an exhausting week. You know, youth baseball brings out the worst and especially the dads. And I'm a coach, right? And I have to help, you know, kind of navigate that. And I'm like, dude, they're 11. They're, they're not professionals yet. Like, take a break. Take a deep breath, right? And I dealt with that for days and days in the hot sun. And then I'm going to have to come and, like, try to be holy, right? And it's like, wait, man. I've been trying and trying. And I'm beat down. And I have to then come back to, I've got to come back to Jesus. I gotta, so my playlist and music, not everything is like Jesus, 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 right? But there are times where I have to step back and say, wait, now I need to lean into some Jesus songs for a little bit because the other ones are just not getting me to the right frame of mind to really focus on what's most important. So equipping, equipping, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. 
So you get to this kind of little picture. I mentioned fishing. How many of you had a grandparent help teach you how to fish? Did you raise your hand for a second? Grandparent, grandparent. Not too bad, not too bad. Nice, nice. How many of you had a grandparent teach you how to cook or bake? Nice, about an equal number right there. So in my life, my grandpa Hubert, who the kids called Hubie, he helped teach me how to fish. And we would go out, you know, and um, he had lost some fingers in World War II, and so he, he, would, he would tie these knots, and I would see his hands, and I'd remember the sacrifice he made for us, and all this kind of stuff, and, and would learn lessons that it wasn't just about fishing, it was about caring, it was about passing on to the next generation. It was about valuing somebody outside of just ourselves and our selfishness, right? It was all those types of things. My great aunt, little lady, had polio, never married. She, well, I guess, I don't know, she's maybe four foot seven, smaller, smaller. Right, right there, right. Jennifer's helping me, right? <laughs> Come on up, no, I'm just kidding, yeah. But that's about right. So Aunt Edna and her mom, Grace, but I didn't know it was Grace because she was my great-grandma, so I just called her Grandma Great, right? So they taught me to, to make these rolls with little bowl, um, balls of dough, right? So their elderly, their hands would go, put three of them together, and you put them in the little little containers, right? And I, I, would, I was really small. I mean, I'm like that big, right? And I'm up there and I'm doing that together. And I realized it's not just about the bread, was it? The bread was in a way for us to spend time together and for them to show me that I'm valuable and that they care. And that they care about each other and they care about me. And if I messed up, I didn't get the smack, 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 you idiot, right? You know, maybe you grew up in that environment though. And so you've just thought, well, I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm no good, right? You have to now be equipped to live a different life after the example of Jesus. I'm so blessed that they did that for me. To say, wait, if you've made mistakes, Grandma Grace showed grace to me. Generation after generation equipping to show grace to other people. Where did she get the idea of grace? Well, it's because she prayed her heart out. And she had a little prayer book, and she'd have their devotional book, and she would do those types of things. She would read things, she would listen to things, she would actively engage the Lord, and then pass it on to me. If each one of us does that, and you think about that friend, or that neighbor, or that person in your life, it may be your spouse, and you just keep praying for them, or you're trying to help them, and you help them to have other relationships that will breathe into them, and equip them, and train them up to be able to help other people. Each one does that. You intentionally find the relationships and you intentionally find the experiences where you can equip one another. So here we have things like life groups and Bible studies. We have Sunday school classes. I was walking the halls before this service and I saw different groups behind the scenes and, and adults showing up early to meet with other adults to learn together. That's on a Sunday. Can you believe that? I mean, that's a little nerdy, isn't it? Why, why is that important? Find your own time, find your own way. I listen to podcasts, I try to find some that'll really help me. Sometimes people go on websites and try to listen to, to different messages, and then you, each one then equips another one. You turn around and you say, okay, who else needs help? Who else needs help that I can lean into and I can help? So let's just take a quick look around us right here, right now. There might be somebody that you can invest in right here and right now. So you can kind of look around, just kind of look, you know, you can be nonchalant about it, just kind of pretend like you're yawning. Are there people around you now that you need to help equip 
to follow Jesus. You're little kids. Maybe you're a parent, and right now this is really getting at your heart, and you're like, wait a second, because it has mine. I'm like, wait, I need to take a couple extra steps to help equip them to love Jesus and to know God. I got to do that. I get all sidetracked and get busy, and I've got to do a better job. You know, I'm like, okay, today I'm going to renew my, my vow to do that. As I pray, I'm going to invite you to kind of shut your, your eyes for a second. I'm going to pray that God would bring to mind maybe a picture of a person in your life. And, and we're not being generic, we're being specific. Is there a person that I could help equip for life to know Jesus and follow Jesus as a disciple better? Let me pray for us real quick. Jesus, is there a person in our life right now? Okay, I've already got a picture of somebody. Help me to know if that's you or just my own kind of thinking. Help us to think of a person, Jesus, that you want us to help connect to you and equip them for life following your example. Let's start there. Jesus, would you reveal that kind of idea to us? Put that into our mind. And now, Lord, would you help us to be bold and courageous to reach out to them, to speak words of connection between them and you, to be honest about our faith to them, to be vulnerable with them, to be brave, to be thick-skinned when they don't want to hear it or they, they're hard to be around. Give us courage. Give us thick skin. Help us to care about them. And Jesus, as the rest of the worship service happens now, we're going to keep that person in mind. Or maybe it's a few people, but God, we pray for them now that you would go before us, preparing the way that we could equip them. And if there are experiences that we need to connect with, Lord, help us to connect with them. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're not done praying. We have prayer partners that are going to come forward as little prayer stations. And if you say, you know what, I'd like to take a step of faith to go and pray with those people. You know, you just kind of find the one. And so Bobby's one just coming up here right now. Go to those prayer stations. Go to them. And just simply say, hey, here's what I'd like to pray for. They love you. They've lived a life of faith. Various folks coming up here. They care about you. They're trustworthy. They've loved the Lord. They're trying to equip you. They will pray for you as well. Come now, if that's something that you'd like to do, and just be prayed for as our Asbury friends continue to help us to worship through music. Amen.